If you're thinking about a working abroad experience, you should add Qatar to your list. There are quite a few pros, according to today's guest, and also according to the website expatarrivals.com. If you're Canadian, you won't be at all surprised to learn that the winters in Qatar are mild. On the other hand, summers are scorching, and Expat Arrivals notes that outside activities aren't really plentiful. You may have to import some of your own. The crime rates in Qatar are quite low on the one hand, according to Expat Arrivals, but if you aren't used to driving there, you might want to consider taking a cab. Overall, today's guest says that her family's experience in Qatar has been fantastic, and perhaps most importantly, the people, both locals and expats, are friendly. Join me as we visit a Canadian from Alberta whose home base for international adventures is Qatar on Canadians Away. Welcome to Canadians Away. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Coralie worked and then spent some time at home with the kids. So when the opportunity came up for her partner to take a job in Qatar, they jumped at it. So we've been in Qatar. Uh, this will be our, our year four is what we're coming up to right away. So wow. yeah, almost four years. And um, yeah, and then prior to that, I was uh, at home with my kids. So actually the last real job if you want to call it that outside of the home that I had was uh with ATB no way so yeah so why Qatar why Qatar um (laughs) so just to back you up um we were at home in Alberta and we had an acreage uh in Strathcona County and my husband was working and I was at home with the kids and you know, uh, in the evenings, we would be like everybody else and watch HGTV and uh, House Hunters International would come on and we would see it and say, oh, my goodness, wouldn't that be fun or amazing um, to do something like that? And so it was always just kind of a pipe dream that we would joke around about. Um, And then actually an opportunity presented itself um, with my husband's work. So he works in oil and gas. Uh, for one of the major oil companies. And they had an opportunity in Qatar that they had approached him with. Um, And we had always wanted an adventure. Um, So yeah, we we said yes, and uh, took the leap, I guess. Um, And yeah, it's just kind of one thing led to another. And, and then we found ourselves living in Qatar. So wow, one thing led to another. I feel like you're walking over. (laughs) A lot of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not something uh, that happens super easily or right away. Yeah. There's a lot of steps to the process to moving here. So, and probably not like the first place you think of, like, you know. Definitely not. So, I think when we had previously talked about expat assignments, um, you know, everybody thinks about, oh, it would be so much fun to live in Europe or maybe someplace in the States, uh, someplace that might be a little bit more accessible to Canadians or something that's a little closer to what we're familiar with. You know, it's it's funny that we did end up in Qatar because I think both of our initial reactions to um, 
you know, moving to the Middle East was was to throw on the brakes and say, oh my goodness, are we sure, are we sure we really want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> Which um, is a natural reaction, I think, to a lot of people or for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, I personally couldn't locate Qatar on a map before we found out we were going to be moving here. Yeah. Um, and we had a lot of questions, obviously, about the, the country and and the political climate um, and safety, which mm -hmm. which is one of the first questions we always get when people back home find out that we live in Qatar. Yeah, I imagine like you're you're in a Middle Eastern country, people automatically assume it's close to places that are destabilized. What is your experience? You're in Doha, right? We're in Doha. So the whole country of Qatar is, um, you know, not that big. <laughs> yeah. Most people that live in Qatar live in Doha. Um, we have a right around a population of 3 million people. Um, and most of those, <laughs> like 2.7 or something like that, or even more, live in Doha proper, which is mm -hmm. the capital of Qatar. Um, so it's basically just one big city surrounded by a whole lot of desert is how we describe the country yeah and has it been like i i can't imagine the difference between strathcona county and qatar like like topographically and weather wise like what kind of adjustment has that been well the first time we actually got off the plane here um was in june <laughs> and it was hot it was humid and it was the middle of ramadan so we couldn't drink in public uh, even water. <laughs> so um, it was a huge adjustment. Um, the summers here are, aren't just hot. And, and when we say hot, we mean hot, like 45 to 50 degrees Celsius um, during the day. But they're also extremely humid, which was something that, uh, you know, I feel like we weren't maybe as prepared for or, or we didn't fully understand. Um, and so the humidity itself is actually really what gets to you. And that usually peaks um, in August. So August is the worst month in Qatar. Um, but the winters here are absolutely beautiful. So right now it's right around, you know, 20, 22 during the days. Um, and the humidity goes way down during the winter. So it's wow. it's lovely. Perfect beach weather. Ah, oh, that's good. Yeah. And you said you you have kids. How many kids have you got? So we've got two kids. Um, our daughter is nine. She'll be 10 this summer. Um, and then our son is seven. So when we first moved to Qatar, they were six and three. Wow. Yeah. What's that experience like? Like I, traveling with kids is one thing, but like moving abroad with kids, was it, uh, was it a challenging adjustment for them or was it easy because they're pretty young? They were still actually so young that um, they found it to be quite easy. Uh, it was actually tougher on our older daughter because she had already started school in Canada. She had just finished um, kindergarten. Hmm. And um, so she was leaving behind, you know, that first set of friends that she had. Um, but our son hadn't even started preschool yet. And actually now he doesn't have any memories of living in Canada. Canada is just sort of that fun place that we get to visit to go see grandma and uh, grandpa in the summertime, <laughs> um, you know, where, where it's all ice cream and, and bike rides and fun stuff. He doesn't really remember what life was like there. And he definitely doesn't remember what winter was like in Alberta. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. What's, what's it like, you know, living in a, in a Muslim country that that's surrounded by other Muslim countries. Like I'm looking at Qatar on a map and 
Yeah. Funny because like the the most stable country that I think of near Qatar is the UAE. And, yeah. You know, you're you're really close to Saudi Arabia. Iran is just across the Gulf. Like, what is what is yeah. that like? So our it actually doesn't impact our day to day life that much. Okay. Um, you know, it, it was a little bit intimidating when we first moved here. And then you move here and you realize it's just another country like anywhere else. And I would say Doha is as stable as the UAE is. Um, we, we had traveled to Dubai and um, it, it, it feels very similar um, to Dubai, maybe just a little bit less of the glitz and, and glam. So close to Iran or Saudi Arabia, um, or any of those other places. We're actually quite cl- far away from Iraq. Uh, so with yeah. all of the latest developments there, um, you know, family likes to ask if that's had any impact on us. It, it really hasn't. Um, and I'll, I'll say it really doesn't have an impact on us uh, until it does. And so the one time, the one day that it really impacted us was the day when um, Saudi Arabia actually closed their border to Qatar. Oh. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with what happened there, but um it was actually in 2017, we got blockaded in Qatar from Saudi Arabia and the UAE. So as a result, um, because of this political conflict between those members of uh, the Gulf Cooperation Council, we can't fly directly to Dubai anymore. We can't um, you fly, even fly over their airspace. Uh, so that had a little bit of an impact on us. There was a little bit of fear around that, not knowing if Saudi you know, what exactly they wanted from Qatar, if they were going to invade um, or not, because it all happened really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing. And then we woke up one day in June and um, heard the news that basically Saudi had um, uh, sent all Qataris home. And they there was rumors that they were amassing tanks on the border. And so mm-hmm. it was a, a little bit uncertain. No kidding. Um, yeah, but you know, Qatar had a really great um, diplomacy plan to deal with that. And although the blockade hasn't been lifted, uh, they are talking to each other a little bit again. So we're still hopeful that that'll happen and it'll open up, um, I guess, relations within the Gulf area a little bit more again. Um, Yeah, but, you know, we feel really safe here. Um, It it feels like a very safe country to us. Um, There's very little crime um, Mm -hmm. in Qatar. Um, and it feels like a great place to raise your family. They are very family centered. So we've really enjoyed that aspect of living here. Um, our kids ride their bikes around the compound and we don't have to worry about them. Everybody kind of looks out for each other. Um, yeah. they've got really great schools with really great teachers. Um, so, you know, on the whole, a lot of positives about living here. Um, obviously there's just always that slight current of political instability um, that things could always change but um, mm. for the time being at least we feel um, great about it you you mentioned the word compound so tell me a little bit yeah. about how you guys are living there so um, with my husband's role we're actually provided with uh, housing which is one of the really great benefits of living here um, it allows us to save money obviously and it also provides a community of other expats that we get to live with Ah. Um, which has a lot of upsides, maybe also some downsides when it means that uh, all the people at the gym and at the pool are also your coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> There's no escaping from coworkers uh, in that case. 
But uh, it, it definitely has a lot of upsides to it too, providing built-in friend network, um, helping people to settle in that are new when they get here, as well as, uh, you know, lots of kids for our kids to play with too. Nope so living in compounds is actually very common in Qatar. Um, you don't just drive along the streets and have houses uh, with driveways and garages like you would in Alberta. Uh, everything is sort of set up to be villas within a, a gated compound. So they're more of a gated community and mm -hmm. it's less for security reasons and more just because that tends to be how the neighborhoods are organized here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So you mentioned uh, obviously other expats. Are they, are they from all over the world or are they mostly from Canada? No, actually Canadians are definitely in the minority here. Um, oh. The expats that we live with and that our kids go to school with really come from almost every country around the world. Um, there tends to be a lot of Europeans. So we just based on who we work for, there's a lot of Dutch people that we live with. And then also um, we've got Americans, we've got people from Spain, from Brazil, um, from the UK, we've got um you know, friends from really all over. So cool. uh, as well as, yeah, we also have Muslim families that live here with us too. No Qataris, but um, because they wouldn't be on expat terms, but uh, we do have people from Egypt that we live with and Palestine and uh, lots of other different countries too. That's really cool. And what an education for your kids too, like just getting to meet people from all over the world. Just the exposure to um, other countries and other cultures around the world. Um, our kids really are going to a school where they've got kids from all over in their classrooms and, and that speak all different languages as a mother tongue. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously in our free time, we like to do a lot of travel too. And that just exposes our kids further to uh, different countries, different cultures, different living and uh, I guess educational opportunities. So yeah, we're having what, a blast. That's great. What, what countries have you been to uh, like, and, and is it is it less expensive to travel to different places than it would be if you're based in Canada? Absolutely. So it's definitely less expensive to travel from Qatar just by way or by the fact that there are so many direct flights to so many places um, in the world from Doha. And where we were at in, you know, just outside Edmonton, it's actually very difficult to get to a lot of different countries other than the states <laughs> you're a little bit more limited and it usually meant multiple um flights that got pricey in a hurry um so doha it's definitely been cheaper for us to uh travel from here and it also just uh, more direct which when you're flying with kids makes a huge difference if we can yeah. reduce flight time then we do um, so since we got here um in 2016 we've been to 24 uh, different countries as a family. Whoa. So yeah, so that means I've been to 28 countries total. My husband's been to 29. And uh, yeah, our kids have been to 25. So it's pretty cool. That's incredible. Any any yeah. like, favorite trips that you guys have taken that come to mind? Absolutely. So if you ask every family member, we all have a different favorite trip. <laughs> um, but uh, my personal favorite was when we took the kids on safari in Tanzania last year. 
Um, It was absolutely incredible just watching them see the animals um, for the first time and having that experience. um, It was just something that you you just can't replace the feeling of uh, being out in the Serengeti. Um, Our kids absolutely love our beach vacations that we've taken. So we've gotten to travel to some really cool places like the Seychelles, um, where we actually went in December. Wow. Uh, as well as the Maldives, that was one of our first trips that we we uh, took here. And then my husband always loves uh, traveling around Europe in the fall because he misses the change of seasons that we uh, don't get here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so when the kids get a half term break uh, in October, we always try to go someplace where the leaves are are changing color. Uh, so this past year, we went hiking in Slovenia. Um, that was absolutely incredible. Uh, previous years, we've gone to Munich and Salzburg and uh, Prague and and Budapest and all over Eastern Europe. So, yeah, that's been really fun too. That's incredible. What a what a privilege and a gift to be able to do that. Hey. Yeah, it's been really really incredible. Yeah. What about um? You mentioned that you don't live among Qataris, but tell me about the people yeah. in Doha. Like, is it? Are they friendly? Are they are they reserved? What's it like? So I I think on the spectrum between uh, super friendly and accessible, um, and more reserved, Qataris definitely do fall into the more reserved uh, end. So um, they they do tend to be um, a bit more reserved until you get to know them. So it's just that breaking through the ice part that's a little bit tough with them. Mm -hmm. Um, What makes that easier for Tyler, my husband, is uh, getting to work with them. So um, he has had the privilege of having bosses that are Qatari as well as he has Qataris working for him and other Qatari coworkers. So he's gotten to make those relationships um, a lot more easily than maybe me when I'm uh, more limited in the number of Qataris that I've gotten to know and meet. Um, one thing that seems to be an equalizer among uh, women in Qatar is definitely the gym. So uh, when you go to the gyms here, they tend to be gender uh, segregated yeah. um, for obvious reasons <laughs> because uh, Qatari ladies and Muslim ladies like to take off their hijab in order to work out. And so it's it's funny, but actually when you take off um, the abaya, which is the robe they wear, and their hijabs, they do tend to be a bit more uh, open and accessible. And, and that's actually been the way that I've met the most Qatari ladies that I'm on a first name basis with. What about like things like, I don't know, diet? Like, is it, can you find, because it's a Muslim country, I wonder about like meat products and, and that sort of yeah. thing. How are you guys, uh, how are you guys feeding yourselves in Qatar? <laughs> Well, we eat mostly the same way that we did in Canada, um, a little bit lighter, probably less uh, heavy, especially in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the country as a whole is halal. Um, so that means you go to a, a grocery store or out to a restaurant here and you're not going to find any pork products. Um, you're also not going to find any alcohol unless you're in a restaurant that's located within a five star hotel. Those are the only ones that are licensed to sell alcohol. Um, For home consumption, we can purchase pork and alcohol. Um, There's only one store in the country that sells it, and you have to have a special license, and your employer has to give you permission to go there and purchase uh, pork and alcohol. So definitely, we do a lot less drinking (laughs) Um, and a lot less eating of bacon, but uh, we still can get it. It's just a little bit uh, more limited and definitely more expensive here. Is it as a a result of how 
I guess challenging it is to get, you're, you're just probably not like, if you have a bacon craving, you just kind of let it go, I imagine. Yeah, or or yeah, if, you, if you're really craving it, then you have it. But uh, we definitely <laughs> aren't, aren't eating it uh, anywhere near as regularly as we were at home. So. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about, I mean, speaking of that, like, are there, are there things you miss about Canada other than your typical friends and family, of course, like creature yeah. comforts from the country that you just don't get there? Oh, absolutely. So um, always top of our list. One of our first trips when we go home is definitely to Costco. <laughs> <laughs> we miss um, just the concept of one-stop shopping, which doesn't really exist here. There, uh, there are grocery stores, but they don't, sell everything like the ones do at home and so in order to make dinner I find myself sometimes going to two or three different stores to pick up all of the ingredients that I need um, so just the ease of of grocery shopping and and shopping for stuff at home is really refreshing um, we also what are the things that we always bring back with us um, Hawkins cheesies <laughs> Old Dutch chips, uh, maple syrup, which you can get here, but is really expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, just the sort of basic stuff like that. But honestly, it's amazing how much we can get here. Um, not all of it is from Canada. Sometimes it's from the States, but um, they do a really great job of bringing in um, food for all of the expats that live here um, because the country is mostly expats, um, mm -hmm. shockingly enough. Uh, out of, like I said, almost 3 million people that live here, there are only about 300,000 Qataris. <laughs> Everybody wow. else is from someplace else. Jeez, that's incredible. Yeah. What, what about like, I mean, you've been there for, you said four years, right? Yeah, almost four years. And what are your future plans? Like, do you want to come back to Canada one day? Your kids are young. Do you want them to sort of go through their teenage years here? What's the plan there? So we would like to come back to Canada someday Canada is still home and so that's always the idea is that we will come home at some point in time um, but we are really having a blast with the expat adventure um, we're loving all of the travel opportunities and our kids are young enough that I think it's our hope that we could do one more expat assignment um, and that would sort of carry us through um, our, our daughter's sort of junior high years and we would still be able to come home in time for high school um, which is, I think, sort of what we've always discussed as being the goal. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, are you happy to be the so-called trailing spouse there? Or are there opportunities for you to work or volunteer? Yeah. So that's actually a really interesting question. Um, I didn't, one of the things I didn't expect moving to Qatar is how difficult it would be to get into, um, the work life here. Yeah. So as yeah, I, I always hate that term trailing spouse too. <laughs> yeah, it's <kind> of <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a pet peeve of mine. Um, but you know, uh, working opportunities here, although they do exist, um, are not as easy as I thought they would be. So for a few reasons, um, although English is the language that everything gets done in here too, definitely a benefit if if you are bilingual Arabic and English, mm -hmm. um, which I'm not, I'm bilingual English and French, <laughs> which isn't as necessary here as it turns out. Um, also, it's just really tough to find 
job where the schedule aligns with my husband's job. Mm. So I actually was offered a position here teaching one of the um, community colleges, um, which actually is Canadian. And really our, our purpose in coming to Qatar was to travel. That, that's our main reason for being here. Um, so if we can't take advantage of the breaks that the kids get in school and the time off that, uh, that Tyler gets, then it, it wasn't going to make it worth it for us. So unfortunately I did have to decline that position and I haven't been able to find anything else that really aligned with, um, you know, our, our family schedule and, uh, what we were trying to do. So that, that part has been, um, quite tough. I'm hopeful that wherever we go next, um, we would hopefully be able to make it work that I would be able to go back to work because that was always in the cards. When my kids started school, I wanted to be able to go back to work, but we had to kind of pivot when we moved to Qatar. Um, yeah, that was definitely one of the things that, uh, that I sacrificed, um, as part of this move. Um, but I still think it's definitely been worth it. There's been more positives than, uh, negatives even That's with great. that. Yeah. And you mentioned like you want to have expat experiences, uh, in other countries. What's at the top of your list? Well, I think right now, if we could go someplace in Europe, that would probably be uh, top of the list for mm-hmm. us just because it's a little bit closer flight to home to Canada. Um, while also being central to be able to explore a lot of different countries, um, and experience a totally different culture. Yeah. We've loved our time in the Middle East, but we feel like we've done a lot of travel around the Middle East and uh, it would be really cool to be based you know, on a d- different continent and be able to explore another part of the world a little bit more in depth. Um, it would also be really cool to go someplace in Asia um, like Singapore. Uh, mm-hmm. That's something that uh, we've talked a lot about too, um, but again, a little bit further away from home. So Cool. And when, you know, I, you think of folks who might be listening to this, who are thinking of having their own expat experiences or, you know, traveling, what, what advice would you give them knowing what you, you're the thought process that you and your husband went through? Yeah. Um, I think my main piece of advice to people is don't discount a place, um, or an opportunity that might arise based on your initial gut reaction to it. Hmm. Um, it's, going to be scary no matter where you go if you're talking about leaving Canada or leaving home and going to live in a different country Um, so I think what's really key is allowing yourself the grace to move past that fear um, feeling it but working through it to get to a place of curiosity and uh, a place where you can be you know okay with some of the fear that comes along with uh leaving everything that you know and trying something that is completely different to you mm-hmm. cool that's awesome yeah yeah and then the other thing that um i think that we tell a lot of people too is just to well to use a canadian expression p- pick a ditch So the only people that we've seen that really struggle with expat life um, are the ones that really resisted it and tried to maintain their status quo back home while also living someplace different. Mm -hmm. Um, Life life will change uh, if you take this on and you will change. And so expat life will change you. You have to be okay with that. Um, And we have seen people just not be okay with that and resist it and just... 
um, really missed their life back home to the point where they just couldn't um, adapt or adjust to life in a new country. Um, and so those are the ones that usually tend to cut their assignments short and want to go back home, um, which is okay too, but it's just something to be aware of and, and talk about and try to work through on the front end of things rather than waiting until you get that culture shock um, when you are living someplace new and longing for what you left back home. And then, yeah, if you're okay with that and your spouse is okay with that and you um, work together, anything else you can work through um, as long as everybody's on the same page and everybody is all in one way or another. And that's the end of season two, episode six of Canadians Away. Thanks so much to Coralie for speaking with me. Canadians Away is hosted by me, Adam Rosenhart, and produced by Julie Alford. Information for today's intro came from expatarrivals.com. If there are other Canadians living or who have lived abroad that you think have a story to share, have them email us at info at canadiansaway.ca or send us an email yourself and let's keep building this global network of Canadians living abroad. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Canadians Away on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever pods are cast and leave us a review. Follow and like us on both Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Canadians Away and you can find us on Twitter at CanadiansPod. Thank you so much for listening and we'll hear from another Canadian living abroad in a couple of weeks. Music